Hello and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan, and we got some news to go over in this episode with the Memorial Day weekend. And with it came the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. The DGA have reached a deal with the studios, which, if approved, would avoid a strike, as well as other news from Hollywood. Let's start with the domestic top five. Since it's Memorial Day weekend, the numbers will be in a four-day format to include Monday. Opening in first place is The Little Mermaid with 118.8 million. Dropping to second place is Fast X with 28.5 million for a total of 113.5 million. Third place was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with 26.8 million for a total now of 306.2 million. Fourth place was the Super Mario Bros. movie with 8.2 million for a total of 560.7 million. And fifth place was The Machine, which debuted with $5.8 million. For The Little Mermaid, it did okay. While it didn't break out like I think Disney was hoping for, it didn't bomb at the box office either. The issue here is the budget, with it costing $250 million, plus marketing, but if it can leg it out, maybe might be able to make a small profit at the box office. As for Fast X, that dropped pretty bad, uh, with around a 66% drop compared to its opening weekend. Uh, this is a franchise that, at least domestically, is becoming less and less popular. Taking a look at China, Fast X came in first place with 18.3 million for a total of 114 million. In second place was Godspeed with 7 million for a total of 150.9 million. Third place was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with 5.1 million for a total now of 82.5 million. Fourth place was Sword Art Online Progressive, Seshiro of Deep Night, which opened at 3.9 million. And in fifth place was The Little Mermaid, which opened to 2.6 million. So for Hollywood Films, Guardians right now is the story of the year. Fast X, while passing $100 million, is still going to fall way short of how the last few films have performed. And Little Mermaid is dead on arrival here. Now let's take a look at international numbers, which should note the worldwide totals will not include the Monday domestic numbers. The Little Mermaid earned $68.3 million for a worldwide opening weekend of $163.8 million. The international numbers for this are a bit weak, I gotta say. It's... should have been a little stronger. If this holds up, this will be one of the rare cases where the film is carried more by the domestic market. Fast X made $87.3 million for a worldwide total of $507.2 million. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 made $25.1 million for a worldwide total of $731 million. And the Super Mario Bros. movie earned $13.1 million for a worldwide total of $1.27 billion. And just a little fun note, Top Gun Maverick has crossed one year of playing in theaters in Japan. That's right, there are still a few theaters in the country playing the film that came out last May. Since its release, it has become the biggest Tom Cruise movie there, as well as the biggest movie for Paramount and Skydance. Talk about legs. It has made $101.5 million coming in second behind the UK for international markets for the film. So, you know, if you're, if you're looking at overall all markets, it was USA number one, you know, with the over 700 million, UK number two, and then Japan. Huge. Now let's go to Hollywood, where the biggest news is the DGA 
and the studios have reached a tentative deal. It still needs to be voted on and approved by the members of the guild, but for now, this avoids a strike. As for what was agreed upon, both the union and studios agreed on the following terms. A 5% wage increase in the first year, followed by a 4% increase in the second year, and a 3.5% increase in the third year. Agreement that generative AI is not a person and cannot replace the duties performed by its members. A reduction of the length of an assistant director's day by one hour. Increased studio transparency in residual reporting. A 76% increase in foreign residuals for programs on streaming services. Created the first ever in industry terms, creative rights, protections, working conditions, and residuals for scripted dramatic programs for AVOD. These are the ad-supported streaming services like Freebie and 2B TV. From the outside looking in, this looks like a mostly good deal for the union, though I think with how much inflation rose over the past two years, the initial 5% raise in the first year seems a bit low. I think it's also really good that the union were able to start working on terms for content in the free streaming services, as that has continued to be a growing part of the streaming business. I think the studios agreed to the AI terms with the directors because right now it's pretty clear AI can't replace a director managing an entire production, so there's no point making a fight out of it. It's just like, yeah, alright, we'll agree to it. Next up is the Actors Union, which will negotiate throughout June to try and strike a deal as well. Deadline is exclusively reporting that Unstoppable has stopped production due to the writer's strike. This is the wrestling drama film starring Jennifer Lopez and Joao Jerome and is being produced by Artist Equity. The Hollywood Reporter is exclusively reporting that Peter Rice has signed a deal with A24 for production. The deal is non-exclusive, so basically Rice will work on producing content and if A24 wants to pick it up, they will be financed via the studio's banking relationships. Rice was formerly the general entertainment chairman at Disney until Bob Chappick fired him last year. This is clearly a different field for him, working on more uh, smaller scale projects, but hey, I hope this deal works out for both of them. As part of Disney's cuts, it has come out that some of them were from Pixar, with Reuters exclusively reporting that 75 jobs were cut from the studio. This includes longtime employees like Galen Sussman, as well as the director of Lightyear, Angus McLean. These are the first job cuts at Pixar since 2013. Hopefully, they find new jobs soon. While the writer's strike is going on, new deals are being made and movies are going into development. First, that Skydance deadline is exclusively reporting that Rebecca Ferguson is in talks to join a movie called Best Served Cold. It is based off a book of the same name written by Joe Abercrombie about a female mercenary and her quest for revenge. The film adaptation will be directed by Tim Miller. Look, Ferguson is great, so as long as there is some good action, I'd say the film is worth a watch. In another exclusive from Deadline, Screen Gems and Sony aren't looking to quit the Insidious franchise just yet, while the main franchise looks to finish up for now with the upcoming film The Red Door. Screen Gems and Atomic Monster have started to work on a spin-off movie called Thread, an Insidious Tale. It will star Mandy Moore and Kamal Nanjani as parents who travel back in time to prevent the death of their daughter, which obviously has unintended consequences. Shocker. It will be directed by Jeremy Slater. No word on when production will start, which at this point, if they don't have a script, they will be waiting a bit. For Sony, the Insidious franchise is their horror series that is consistent in making money, so it makes sense to keep it going. The next film announcement is a bit of a spoiler for Fast X, so if you want to avoid spoilers, uh, skip about a minute or two. So at the end of Fast X, there was a mid 
credit tease where Luke Hobbs, played by Dwayne Johnson, is being warned by the villain Dante that he is coming for him, as well due to the events of Fast Five. Well, now that's been out for a little bit, Johnson has confirmed that he is coming back to the Fast and Furious franchise with his own Hobbs film. Deadline reports that the film is not a sequel to Hobbs and Shaw and will instead bridge the mid credit scene to Fast 11. This makes sense as the scene shows Hobbs looks to be mid-mission, so there is something to work off of. Now, it's not confirmed if he'll be joining Fast 11, but I would assume if they're treating these films as their Avengers Endgame level of putting back as many characters as they can, he has to show up. Personally, I was hoping for more of a Hobbs and Shaw sequel based on where they left off, but I guess at this point, that's never going to happen. Universal have cast their Hiccup and Astrid for their live-action remake of How to Train Your Dragon, with Mason Thames as Hiccup and Nico Parker as Astrid. The film is still set to come out March 14th, 2025. I haven't seen anything from Thames, but I thought Parker was great in The Last of Us, so at least for Astrid, great casting. Paramount has released a new trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. While I didn't watch this growing up, the animation they are doing for this film looks great. Comes out August 4th. We start off VOD Premium with AMC Theaters. I know it's a bit odd, but this is about their digital storefront that they have had over the past few years. Back in 2019, in an effort to grow the company, they launched AMC On Demand, where you could buy and rent movies, just like Vudu, iTunes, and other storefronts. Well, it's shutting down now, with AMC now directing its customers to Vudu. The two have set up a partnership where AMC On Demand customers can move their account over to Vudu, so they can still have access to their library. Not sure how many users On Demand had, but at least they'll be able to keep their libraries going. Universal has announced that Renfield will be coming to Peacock on June 9th. Between here and eventually Prime Video is how I assume most people will watch this film since it flopped at the box office. Speaking of Prime Video, they have released a trailer for the final season of Jack Ryan. The season is set to premiere June 30th. Over at Disney this week, they have started to remove content from Disney Plus and Hulu. This is the same move others have done, like Warner Brothers Discovery with Max and Paramount for Paramount Plus and Showtime. Overall, about 50 shows and movies have been pulled, and on the Disney Plus side, the big one being pulled is Willow, what they were hoping was going to be a big show from the end of last year. Besides that, other content being removed are Artemis Fowl, Big Shot, the newest version of Cheaper by the Dozen, Diary of a Future President, Turner and Hooch, and The World According to Jeff Goldblum. As for Hulu, the list includes Darby and the Dead, Maggie, Why, The Last Man, and The Quest. There's no word yet on if Disney will sell the rights to any of these to any other streamer. The company will also take a $1.5 billion impairment charge or write-off in June. A lot of these titles being removed was not surprising. The question here is, will any more be removed in the future? Verizon is offering a streaming bundle to its customers through their Plus Play service. The bundle is $25.99 per month and will include Netflix Premium and Paramount Plus with Showtime. In total, the bundle will save customers $5.99 per month compared to buying the plans separately. That's not a bad deal, and I think this will become more of an offer from internet and mobile companies to stay competitive, and for streaming services, this is also valuable for them as well. They know as people cut down on what services they want to keep no matter what, only one or two will make that cut, like Netflix, for example. So if they can pair themselves in a bundle, they have a better chance of keeping their subscribers. Funny. With this, it looks like cable's coming back, just with a new coat of paint. 
Over at Netflix, their shareholders voted against the compensation packages for the company's executives, including both CEOs. This comes as the WGA urged shareholders of both Netflix and Comcast to vote down executive compensation packages. However, the vote is a symbolic move, as the Netflix board does not have to act on it, and since the board on their side already approved the compensation packages, they won't be stopped. And that's it for this episode of Box Office Seats. As always, thank you for listening. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Facebook, links to those are in the show notes. See you next time.